Hello and welcome back to the sensational sports trio. Liam Gottimer here along my good, uh, alongside my good friend and co-host Will Peshek. Corey Picard will be joining us momentarily. And Will, we normally don't discuss the NHL uh, on the sensational sports trio. But before Corey gets here, I think it's a good time uh, to let everybody know uh, of the incident that transpired last night in the game between the New York Rangers uh, and the Washington Capitals. Tom Wilson... Uh, doing what Tom Wilson does, getting into a scrum uh, in the net mouth, uh, landing two sucker punches to the face of Rangers forward Pavel Buchnevich while he was prone uh, in a cradle position on the ground, unable to defend himself. Uh, superstar Artemi Panarin jumped on the back uh, of Wilson, and after he did that, this is what resulted for those watching the vodcast on YouTube. But if you are not watching... Uh, Wilson, this is a slow motion video of Wilson clearly taking Panarin down. And if Panarin's right shoulder does not hit the ground first, the first thing hitting the ice is his head. And if his head makes main contact with the ice, Panarin could have died. And a bunch of us who had saw the clip, even Will being an Islander fan, many Islander fans on social media, many Devils fans on social media, despite being rivals of the Rangers, came together, realized how much of a horrific act this truly was. And we were all seriously anticipating the NHL player safety, their reaction, what they thought, would there be a suspension, and how long personally and Will, I said this to you, and you even stated yourself in text back and forth that you thought that Wilson should have been banned for the rest of the season in the playoffs. I said, take him out of the league completely. It's enough of this. Panarin could have died. He's a superstar in your league. What does the NHL player safety do? What does George Paros do? He gives him the maximum fine under allowed under the collective bargaining agreement, which is $5,000. And if you would like to equate what $5,000 is to Tom Wilson's million-dollar salary for somebody that makes hundred k you want to know how much that is, Will? For somebody who makes $100,000, the fine Wilson got is like getting fined $66. He almost killed somebody and sucker-punched a ranger in the face while he was prone on the ground. And he got fined what was equivalent to $66. It's disgusting. And um, quite frankly, it makes me embarrassed to be a fan of the NHL. It, it really does. And, and uh, that hurts so much because wow. hockey is my favorite sport. But that's just the way it is. Horrible, horrible yeah. by George Paros. Atrocious by the NHL players of safety. They should be ashamed of themselves. And the Rangers statement that they gave out, it was right on the money. But Will, give me your take on this. And do you think I'm wrong in anything I'm saying because I'm distraught, I'm disgusted, and I'm done with the NHL player safety, Department of Player Safety, and Tom Wilson? Get him out of the league. Enough of this. What has to happen, Will? Does somebody have to get paralyzed or does somebody have to die? Well, that's because well, that's well, what it seems like. Well, George Paros, if we all can remember how he was as a player in the NHL, he was the same way as Tom Wilson. Uh, or just around the same way as Tom Will. So maybe we should not have enforcers and and uh, dirty players as the head of the Department of Player Safety. I think that's, one of the you know. Dumbest things. It's one of the dumbest things yeah. that the NHL has done. They had Brendan Shanahan as, I believe, as one of the directors of it before he took on the Maple Leaf role. Um, but you, you're, abs you're absolutely right. Um, 
I don't know. Now, if you watch it in fast motion, people are making the case he didn't get a suspension because it was a fight and he threw him down to the ground in slow motion. I will say it looks a lot worse in slow motion than it does in fast motion. However, he's not. this is not a, this is not a first-time offender. Um, this is not Cole Caulfield. This is not Connor McDavid. This is not Matthew Barzell. This is a guy that has been suspended from the NHL before. And if he's going to get suspended, it's, he's not going to. The Rangers released a statement. Um, I will read the statement out loud for those listening on the can, podcast. Can I can I read it out loud? Go ahead. If you don't mind. Because I'm just so proud to read this. Because the New York Rangers did a great job with this. They said, and I quote, the New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrific act of violence uh, at last night's game at Madison Square Garden. Uh, Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these type of acts, and we find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate action and suspend him indefinitely. Wilson's dangerous and reckless action caused an injury to Artemi Panarin that will prevent him from playing again this season. We view this as a deflection of duty by the NHL head of player safety, George Paros, and believe he is unfit to continue in his current role. Drop the microphone. Just hate How to often do you see an organization call for a league executive to get fired? I hate to interrupt. I know this is baseball related, but Luke Voigt back-to-back home runs against the Syracuse Mets in his rehab stint. Uh, so he's ready for the Bronx. Um, but Liam, you're 100% right. Uh, what else has to change? The Rangers called for the job of George Paros and John Scott said it best. Uh, if I could find the video from John Scott, I'll share that with you guys. Basically he was an enforcer as well. And uh, I have the video here. So uh, I will share this video. This is John Scott. Scott. John Scott was a son of a bitch on the ice. So for him to come out and say what he said, take a listen. Divine intervention, baby. What's going on everybody. Listen, I just, I just finished up doing a great video talking about Tom Wilson, what his suspension should be, how it was a gutless move on his part, throwing around Panarin and punching Bushnevich in the face when he was on the ground in a prone position, just gutless, terrible hockey. I was saying how, you know, much I used to respect Tom Wilson. He plays the game the way I like it to be played. He's physical. He hits. He plays on the edge. That's what I love about him. And I, I think he crossed the line this time. And then I just get the news that he could it's $5,000? Like, what What on earth is happening with the NHL right now? George Peros completely dropped not only the ball, he dropped everything. Dropped his drawers, dropped everything. It was, it was a joke of a fine. And listen, I love this type of hockey. I think we all do. But what Tom did was just, you can't, there's no excuse for that. It's just, it's insane to me that he only got a $5,000 fine. He's a repeat offender. He's done this time in and time out. I don't know. I don't know if George has some kind of dog in this race. He wants Washington to to win the cup. I I honestly don't know. I have no words for it. It's insane to me that he gets a $5,000 fine. It really is incredible. What this means, though, is that it's fair game, baby, in any scrum. It's honestly fair game. If you go into a scrum anywhere on the ice and you see a star player, I'm throwing sucker punches. I'm grabbing this guy. I'm twisting ankles. I'm doing whatever I can because the worst thing that's going to happen to me is a $5,000 suspension because I can't see anybody doing more than what Tom Wilson did to Panarin. Honestly, I feel bad for Panarin. 
The guy comes in to help out his teammate, just to kind of try to calm things down, and Wilson jumps on his back. I know. Shame on you, NHL. You should have did something to protect the, the Panarin. And then shame on Wilson, man. You, you got to know better. Anyways, let me know what you think. So that was John Scott, former NHL enforcer, uh, former NHL All-Star. And for those new to the game of hockey, no, he did not have All-Star stats. Uh, that's why it's a popularity contest. The fan vote voted him in. In, in 2017, he was voted <laughs> in. The fan votes. And uh, look, he had a hat trick, I think, on a couple of good passes by Patrick Kane in that All-Star game. But, Will, um, you know, I like what John Scott said. And I think that it's very telling when it comes from a player of his status. Obviously, John Scott was he wasn't dirty, but he wasn't, you know, he, he wasn't necessarily a clean player either. He was very physical. Uh, he would get in those dirty areas, didn't score as much as Tom Wilson. And, and that's the big thing with Wilson, right? Wilson is such a talented hockey player. That's what's so messed up about all of this. And he just can't stop. The one thing that John Scott said that is the most important in that two-minute clip is that Wilson is a repeat offender. If you are George Paros of the NHL Department of Player Safety, how do you look at Tom Wilson and what he has done in the past? Lubomir Vishnowski, you know that, Will, in the playoffs, ended his career. You remember, right? Tom Wilson should be kicked. Let's listen to. Do you remember uh, Lubomir Vichnowski in the playoffs? I do. He it ended his career, although he was at the tail end of his career. Still. I want to now get to uh, this. This is from Boomer Esiason. Uh, for those uh, for those that don't know, his son-in-law is Matt Martin uh, of the New York Islanders. Uh, Boomer Esiason, the former New York Jack quarterback, Cincinnati Bengal quarterback, uh, former Super Bowl appearance in the Super Bowl. Uh, his son-in-law is now Matt Martin, and this is what he had to say about Tom Wilson last night. Coach were the coach of the other team, 
he'd be pissed off. Oh, of course. But no, because he's the coach of his team, you know, he's going to let it fly. And by the way, for him to abuse our best player that way and then have nobody react kind of shows you where my team is. Well, Strom reacted with Hoops Management. Let me explain something. Those are like flies out there compared to like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. I understand, you know, but still. You have nobody. Yeah. There's nobody on this team that is going to do anything. I got 18 and 19-year-olds running around out there. I got a glorified AHL team playing defense. I got the best defensive player that we have or the most, I would say best, but the, the, the most senior defensive player we have throwing the puck in front of his net last night. I mean, it's a mess. This been, Ever since the Matt Martin hit, in the first Islander game a week about 10 days ago, this team is like a shell of itself. It's like afraid. It's, and I understand they have injuries, but so do, so, do, so do the Capitals. The Capitals are missing four of their top players. So here's the thing in the offseason. Enough. We got, we got enough skill. You better start finding somebody that is going to react and react the right way. This is why this team doesn't have a captain. So that was Boomer Esiason. Uh, his thoughts, obviously, he mentioned Matt Martin's name. Liam, what would you take away from that? Yeah, uh, I think he nailed it right on the head. And I just want to address one thing that Boomer talked about in the beginning of that segment. And that was the Twitter, the Washington Capitals Twitter that said that Tom Wilson chose violence. And actually, for those who are watching on YouTube, I'm going to pull it up because I sent it to Will last night. Uh, and it's just egregious, and there's no place for this. Uh, this uh, is the picture. I hope you can see that pretty well. But it says, at Capitals, chose violence and has the, you know, the sheesh and the rent-free in the head uh, on there, and there's no place for that. Yep, there it is uh, for those watching the vodcast. That is – I don't know what to say about that. The Capitals did delete the tweet, uh, but you know what? That is condoning violence, and to do that – look, if Artemi Panarin was seriously injured and they sent out that tweet – Wow. But I mean, just to is, look I mean, at he's out for the season. So, yeah. And just to look at the entire situation as a whole and what Boomer had to say, look, I think they were right. And Boomer hits it right on the head. Enough of this. I said it in the beginning. What has to happen? But how do you, but like, here's the thing. How do you, how do you ban somebody for the league uh, from the league for life? Like, that's a very hard thing to do. How do you like, how do they, how do they go about? Well, they've given Tom Wilson plenty of chances. I, I'm agreeing with you, but, isn't it hard to just say you can't play at all in the NHL? There's no place for that. There's no, there's no place for that I type mean, of behavior. You just can't tell teams not to sign them because I'm telling you, if I would say every GM wants this kind of player on their team, he scores 30 goals a season. And I, get, I, I, I get it. Tell him to fuck off and go play overseas. Sorry. <laughs> se- se- seriously. There's no room for that. Will, is that the game that you grew up loving? Is that? No, no. I, no. I texted you and I said, look, I may hate the Islanders, and they beat the Rangers. They shut out the Rangers in two straight games. And, you know, was I upset about that? Yes. But did they play strong, good, real hockey to do it? Yes. I can respect that. I have no respect for what Tom Wilson did. And the worst part about it, Will, this will be my last point, the worst part about it was that Tom Wilson got a 10-minute got a misconduct, came back in the fucking game, and scored an empty net goal in the third period. That is the biggest slap in the face. Yep. He, he's allowed to continue to play in the game. He scores the, uh, the, 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 uh, the empty net goal, and then he's fined $5,000. What a joke. Yep. What, a, what an absolute joke. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with you at all. 
Uh, and you know you messed up when you have fan bases, members of fan bases on every single side. Rangers fans, Islander fans, Devils fans, Flyers fans, Penguins fans, all coming together. Bruins fans saying that this is ridiculous. I'm not going to throw any names great out to there, see. but in the Hockey Fans First Facebook group chat, there was a Washington Capital fan <laughs> with a name we'll keep private. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know how many times we could defend this player. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. I do. Uh, I but, responded to one of his um, I did posts that. today. Um, I just I just don't understand how people can continue to defend this manner and say what you want about guys like Cal Clutterbuck and guys like Matt Martin yeah. and guys like a John Scott, for example. They have never had to have this many uh, offenses over and over and over again. And, yes, do, do players make dirty plays? Yes, and they pay the price for it. Um, I'm going to use the name – Connor McDavid, when he had that dirty hit earlier in the season, he got suspended one game for that. Um, none of this four games, and then he's ready for game one. No, you're done for the season. You're done for the playoffs. You gotta, you have to take a stand here because, like everybody has been saying, nobody's going to think player safety is legit. So in the postseason, uh, good chance Islanders play the Capitals round one. How do we know that Tom Mills is not going to take a cheap shot at Matthew Barzell? That's that's, a, why, that's and, the and thing that's you, don't, think you don't. Ross Johnston and Matt Martin have to be on the same line <sighs> in that game. It, if it means sitting Cal Clutterbuck, if it means sitting Oliver Wallstrom, then I think it has to be done because your best player's health at your best chance for a Stanley Cup, this is your chance to win the Stanley Cup and they're the best team in the Eastern Conference to do it, regardless where the standings say. Um, you can't let this clown and maniac um, ruin those chances. Um, well, have it was... Your own opinions on it. Yeah, it was Lubomir Vishnowski in the 2010 playoffs, I believe it was. What if it's Matthew Bar- 2014? What if it was Matthew Barzell in 2021 playoffs? Just because it was Lubomir Vishnowski, somebody who played in the bottom six, doesn't make it any worse. It doesn't make it any better. Excuse me. So, so this can happen to anybody. Vishnowski was on the tail end of his career with the Islanders, and he was on a defensive uh, pair with uh, Johnny Boychuk. Uh, for those that have not seen the hit that we're talking about, take a look. Vishnowski would not play a game after this, correct? Okay, Pierre Maguire, he did actually leave his feet there. Um, but Will, correct me if I'm wrong, he did not play another game after that hit, correct? Uh, Tom uh, Vesnovsky had to retire because of the of the injury. But again, he was 36 years old. But still, that doesn't that that I don't think that has any relevance. I agree. He's a hockey. He's a hockey player. But that's how Wilson plays the game. The season anyway. Uh, his career is probably over at that point anyway. But, but you don't know what type of CTE issues or long-term yep. effects Vishnowski could have had. Just because it was Vishnowski who was somebody who wasn't as prevalent doesn't make it any, any worse. This, this situation was Artemi Panarin. And one thing that John Scott said that really stands out to me in the end of his video was that, you know what this says? This says that we can do this to any star player. This means that, you know, if Zach, uh, not Zach, I see he's a teammate. Uh, if Matthew Kachuk 
and Connor McDavid are, are, you know, battling in the corner. Kachuk can flip McDavid on his head and be fine. Be fine. Yeah. yeah so, so not only is it making it right for Tom Wilson, it's making it right for every other enforcer out there, which is uh, quite frankly ridiculous. And, and let's remember that that hit on Visnovsky was at the beginning of Tom Wilson's career. Um, this was 2014. I was a freshman in high school. Yeah. Um, I'm now a junior in college. He's been around the league seven years since that hit. And he's he's been a dirty player well before and obviously now well after that. Um, so we'll see what happens with George Paris's job. I doubt Wilson's playing in game one or throughout the entire playoffs. I think the NHL is seeing what is going on, the outrage from players like John Scott, and you need more of that. Um, you need more players like that to come out and say that that won't happen. You're not going to see it from teams that are in the playoffs. I will say you will not see that type of reaction from the Islanders, from the Bruins, from the Penguins, et cetera, because they are going to be hunted by Wilson if they face him in the postseason. Mika's, I'm saying. Mika Zibanejad had some very interesting comments to make after the game. He said that that's no respect for the game uh, and it's deplorable. And I completely agree. It's having no integrity for the game we all love. And, um, and yeah, and you know what? There's a, you know, there is a code in hockey that when you have somebody down on the ground, you don't continue to hit them. You can say what you want about the Panarin situation. That's bad. But going back to the Buchnevich situation, there is a code when you play hockey that when you somebody is down on the ice, when somebody is having a fight, if Matt Martin is having a fight with Tanner Glass and Tanner Glass goes to the ground, there is a mutual understanding yeah. that Matt Martin would not uh, continue to hit the player on the ice. Tom Before Wilson doesn't have that mutual understanding. And... It's just, it's abhorrent. Before we move on to the next topic on the Mets making up this imaginary friend, uh, let's hear from the Rangers, Ryan Strom. He's got good skill and he can, you know, he's produced in this league, but I just think that they crossed the line. I think the whole play from the start, it was just Bucci trying to score a goal and jam the puck in and everything from his stick on his neck or the head and, the, and everything after that. And a defenseless player and Panera, in my opinion, with no helmet on, um, a superstar in our league. I know it's, I know it's not my responsibility to make decisions, but I, I just can't believe that. I think it's, it's unfortunate. Our best player is out for the rest of the year. And, um, you know, it's just, a, it's an unfortunate incident that has nothing to do with the play or the game of hockey. I think that's kind of where, um, the big issue is. Liam, let's uh, let's forget Yankees Astros this week, and maybe we could convince Gary Bettman to make a one-day trade, sending Ross Johnson and Matt Martin to the Rangers if we could get them back for the postseason to handle business tomorrow. I doubt if the Capitals play Tom Wilson tomorrow. Um, I highly doubt it, uh, just for his safety and for the. Uh, I mean, my opinion is fuck his safety, but yeah, I, I hope they play Tom Wilson. <laughs> I hope. What the hell do I know? I hope. Um, but let's move on to another topic now. We spent a lot, a lot of time on this. Corey's about to hop on. He just texted me. The New York Mets have fired hitting coaches, Chili Davis and Tom Slater, and on the Big Apple Baseball podcast. Uh, okay, so Domingo Herman trotting out to the Yankee Stadium mound, hyping up the crowd as Altuve is introduced. That's happening live right now as we speak on, on Yankee Stadium. Um, we spoke about the Mets and their rallying cry, I should say, for Diesel Donnie. Well, Liam... The Mets made up Diesel Donnie, and it was a result to get Chili Davis and Tom Slater fired. Um, Steve Cohen also partook in that 
um, on Twitter by saying, I don't pay you much, but we all love Diesel Donnie. He's not real. Um, instead of crediting Chili Davis and Tom Slater for their hitting the ball finally, they credited some imaginary dude, and uh, it resulted in Chili Davis losing his job. Uh, well, what are your opinions on this? Because Michael K had his own today. Not necessarily. I'm going to disagree with you uh, just a little bit. Yes, Diesel Donnie is fictional. Uh, he does not exist. Um, but the Mets clubhouse loved Chili Davis as a hitting coach, Pete Alonzo especially. And if you look at this Mets lineup and what has gone into their resurgence uh, over the last week here, Pete Alonzo is probably the biggest aspect in that. But here's something that you do have to understand. Uh, this decision, Sandy Alderson said, was made three weeks ago. So well before the Mets started hitting uh, in Philadelphia and last night so uh, they in wait St. Louis because of COVID. Uh, because they wanted to make sure that the new hitting coaches would pass all necessary protocol, which of course uh, does take two weeks time. So, so the Mets could have won 11, nothing last night. And he that's right. Fired. That's right. Yep. That's right. To me, and just, and to that's me why I was surprised because I said, look, I texted you. I said, look, the Mets put up five runs. Why would you fire your hitting coach? This is something that was made well beforehand. But I think the bigger thing is 20 games into the season, Steve Cohen has a short, short leash. And if that's what it is with Chili Davis, I wonder what it is with Luis Rojas. Well, Liam, here's the thing. I said it on the Big Apple Baseball podcast. He has to stay off of Twitter. And his tweet of, I love Donnie, I don't pay him anything. To me, that's a slap in the face to, to Chili Davis and Tom Slater. Um, and a, a fictional character you're applauding for your team's success over a well-respected champion in Chile Davis, who is well-respected throughout the league. And yes, the league is getting analytical. Players don't want to sit there and listen to some old fart tell them that his foot is not planted to the right rather than to the left. They want to see it on computer screens. They want to see it on computer Well, you know what, Will? Teams like the Rays, teams like the Dodgers, they look at it on computer screens. Right, but, but, but why did they start the season with Chile Davis? If the Mets wanted to be this analytical... Because... Here's why. why was Chili Davis still with the team? Here's why. Because the Mets clubhouse loved Chili Davis. And I think that the Mets and Steve Cohen and Sandy Alderson owed Chili, Dave, Chili Davis an opportunity to work with this Mets lineup because I'm not sure if you know this, Will, but Chili Davis wasn't with the Mets all of last season. Uh, he spent uh, his time remotely and somebody else uh, took an interim spot of the hitting coach for the Mets. So I think Steve Cohen and Sandy Alderson thought that they owed Chili Davis an opportunity to get this offense going. Domingo Herman Hyde and son on Altuve. I'm trying to watch the at bat and do the podcast at the same time. Altuve pops up on the third pitch. So I might be ahead of you. So if I am, I apologize. Um, Isles in load management, Matt Barzell scratched tonight. Pajot was scratched yesterday. They're just trying to keep you guys healthy. Um, so that's nothing to worry about. Uh, so three pitches, Herman gets Jose Altuve, and you can see the crowd at Yankee Stadium. And now this is a sight to see how good this <laughs> the Yankee crowd is. But anyway, Liam, go I just want to make Jose. one more note on the, the Mets hitting coach situation. And this is just referring to what Michael Kay said earlier. I think that the main reason why this decision was made was because of how poor of a start Francisco Lindor has had. I think yeah, he needs a new thing. approach. But here's the thing. 
what the Mets are doing is turning into what the NBA is doing. The NBA star players voicing their opinion. I don't want to play under Kenny Atkinson for the Brooklyn Nets. I want you to hire Steve Nash. A guy that's going to listen to what Kyrie Irving wants or what Kevin Durant wants. That's not how it works. I'm sorry. That is not how it works. This did not happen when Don Manningly was in a was a manager. This did not happen under Joe Girardi, and that's why Joe Girardi got fired. He got fired because he was critical of Gary Sanchez, and they want to keep their players. They want to keep their players like that. The Yankee fans, by the way, during this Michael Brantley at bat, are absolutely giving it to him. I just wanted to he point wasn't that on out. That team in 2017, uh, so. I don't, I don't he might have been. He might have been in 2017. Maybe he was still in the Indians. Uh, who knows? But, Will, just to uh, address what you said um, with how, you know, MLB is, you know, starting to be like the NBA uh, in that fashion. Uh, well, I certainly agree with you. Uh, but, look, you know, I think the Mets needed a new approach. And I think a large part of it had to do with Francisco Lindor. But I don't think that Francisco Lindor went out and said, to Steve Cohen, look, I'm struggling. Get me a new hitting coach. I think Steve Cohen realized how much capital he put in this player, saw he was 0 for 20, and said, we need a change. It's 20 games. It's 20 games. Yeah, but, Will, he's 0 for 20. He's He's 0 for for 20. He's batting batting in in the two spot every single night. He's batting a buck 50. That's worse than Gary Sanchez. Every time something. I watch, every time I watch every Met game, um, just like I watch every Yankee game, he has a different hair color every day. How about you just forget the hair color, make it one color, and focus on hitting? Come on, like I okay, don't all right, all right, all right, all right. Relax. <laughs> a lot of it doesn't have to do with the hair color. Look, here's one thing I will con- commend. Shows where his priorities are, though. Like I. I, I disagree. I don't think it's a priority. I think he's just trying to switch something up. Hey, if you That's were a professional ba- baseball player and going over 20 and you had your beard growing the whole time, would you shave your it's beard gone. to get a different result? You know, so, I can't even grow it in all the way. So well, I, I'm, uh, I apologize, but the Astros have just taken a one to nothing lead on a home run from Alex um, Bregman. Um, well, of course it's all for Mon, so... That's not what you want to see. So uh, a fan just threw a baseball at Bregman's head. Now I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, well, I agree with you. And now we'll welcome in Corey. Corey, Corey just joining us. The Yankee fans are not letting the Houston Astros hear the end of it, as Alex Bregman just said, "Fuck you," and hits a home run to give the Astros the lead. So let's uh, let's get rid of that. But uh, Corey, I'll fill you in on the conversation we're having. The Mets fired their hitting coach Charlie Davis, and and. Uh, Tom Slater, because of this made-up character, Diesel Donnie. I think it's because the players just couldn't stand Chili Davis anymore, and they made up this fake name. Corey, if you're into this any any way, feel free to interject. Yeah, I mean, they had, they've been one of the worst hitting teams in the league, and they have continued that this season. So despite their great pitching, of course, from Jacob DeGrom and everybody else, they have the worst hitting in the NL East. So they had to address the problem. <laughs> I guess this was their their very interesting solution to it. Corey, let's get into now the NFL draft, which is your strongest suit. And, of course, Liam and I are Jet fans. Did the Jets finally get it right with Zach Wilson? You know, 
I, I mean, I think the Jets had a good draft. They, they had a very solid draft, and I'll admit that. I don't know if they got it right, but if they got their guy, and that's what matters. They got the person they wanted to be their quarterback of the future, and that's that's what matters. How he plays from now on is to be determined, and he could definitely – he has a lot of upside. He has a lot of potential. He could definitely pan out, but they got their guy. They got a lot of help around him. You know, they, they're protecting with Elijah Vare Tucker. They gave him a weapon – a very good weapon in Elijah Moore, who was not supposed to be there at that point. So, you know, they, they had a very solid draft. Did you see uh, people had Zach Wilson falling? I had him at two all along. Elijah Eric Tucker goes up, you know, the Jets traded up to get him. This is Joe Douglas's strong suit, Corey. He's known for offensive linemen. He was an offensive lineman himself. Now you have Makai Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker. And now you can plug holes in however you may feel. Do you think the Jets are now moving in the right direction here? They have a good head coach in in Robert Sala. And look, the AFC East now, and and, and any joke anymore. Yeah, no, it is not. It is not a joke. You look at the quarterbacks in that division. The Jets and Patriots both got their guy that they expect to be the future of the franchise. Mac Jones did happen to fall to the Patriots and, you know, your opinion on it may, may differ, but I, I Mac Jones is who the Patriots want, and it's who they think is going to be their franchise guy. The Dolphins have their franchise guy, and the Bills have the oldest guy at 24 years old. So that division is on the rise for sure. And you look at the drafts around, all around, they all have pretty solid drafts too. All have seem to be with good management right now, good GM, solid, solid personnel there, and really good coaches all around. So it's not a joke at all. It's not the Patriots division to win and run away with anymore. And it's a very competitive division and this is, this I, is I'm excited. This is the bills division to win in my opinion, but you know, just my assessment on the jets draft, I thought they did very well. And will I texted you and I was very disappointed when the jets decided to go with Elijah Vera Tucker at the 14th spot, because I thought that there were a lot of good uh, receivers that could help uh, Zach Wilson as a new target. But you know what? I agree with Corey wholeheartedly. You go out there, you add to the offensive line with Makai Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker. You have a young quarterback who is inexperienced in the National Football League. You need to protect him as much as possible. And grabbing Elijah Moore in the second round, I don't know if you guys saw, but apparently the Jets were uh, receiving a lot of calls for that number 34 pick. And I credit Joe Douglas for sticking with it and getting who is going to be a damn good receiver in Elijah Moore. This is going to be a much better football team. The Jets could be second in the AFC East. They could. I think that's – I think we're asking for a lot. Um, you don't think they can be better than the Pats? Don't go – the come oh, on. Okay, man, you know what? No, I stand, I stand corrected. I forgot about the Miami Dolphins. Third. Oh, come on. Third. Third. <laughs> we can be third uh, in the AFC East uh, behind the Dolphins and the Bears. I'll take that. I, I like the All credit right. there. <laughs> I think – I mean, I, honestly, I think it's a fair assessment because the Patriots have done nothing to upgrade their offense aside from – they're all they do is sign defensive players. And I don't want to hear Bill Belichick has never drafted a quarterback in the first round until Mac Mac Jones ain't good. I mean, he's just not good. All his receivers and all his targets were taken in, in, in the first round. Um, Don't underestimate how Bill Belichick can develop quarterbacks though. Just saying. That's true. Elijah Moore, people haven't going in the first round. So to drop down the, to 34, 
that was interesting. But Corey, let's hear about your Miami Dolphins. Did they do anything that's going to benefit their hope in their franchise quarterback? Absolutely. I mean, they got his his teammate in college, Jalen Waddle, really explosive, really will open up that offense. They got him a second round tackle. Um, Liam Eikenberg from Notre Dame, uh, very another good good tackle to protect him. And you look at that offensive line, they now have four starters from the last two drafts on that offensive line. So those guys are coming up right with Tua. He's going to have a lot more opportunities, not to mention the Will Fuller signing. Um, he has weapons now. He, there's depth because we're getting guys back from who opted out from COVID. But, you know, when you have Devontae Parker, Mike Kosicki, that he already has chemistry with, and then you pair him with Jalen Waddle, who he also has chemistry with, and Will Fuller, and then you you give him some good offensive linemen. I, I think he has a great opportunity to take a leap this next year. I'm excited. I'm very excited for it. Corey, what has who do you think was the biggest winner of this draft? The biggest loser? I'll get mine. I think the biggest loser is the New York Giants. I think they had a miserable draft. I mean, I, I don't like the Giants, and I'm not just saying that because I hate the Giants. I hate the Dolphins, but I think they had a, a pretty A minus B plus draft i think the giants made every wrong decision they could make cardarius tony with the i I don't come on like i well i did not like that pick i completely disagree with you i mean look i think that the giants could have made a better pick in the first round but here's my winner my winner um i think to be honest might quite possibly be the jets like they had that good of a draft if you really look at it and i think the biggest loser it's the Chicago Bears. And I'll tell you exactly why. You no. trade with the Giants. To get, listen, listen, hear me out. Nick Foles. They promised Nick Foles the starting quarterback job. They still have Mitchell Trubisky there. And they're bringing in Justin Fields. What but are you Trubisky, bringing in Justin Trubisky Fields? Trubisky went to the Bills. They got Dalton, though. So. Okay, they have Dalton. So they still have yeah. three quarterbacks. So what, what, who's, who's the odd man out here? Who is it? Because it can't be Justin Fields. You can't draft Justin Fields at number nine and give up that future first round pick and pick swaps to the Giants to get him and leave him on the sideline. Uh oh, uh oh! If it's fair, it's a lead. Fair, it's, it's a it's lead. Gone. It's gone. John Carlo, no Cipo, no Carlo. It's party time in the Bronx. It's- just, just, just remember, everybody. One month ago, uh, Will was spelling John Carlo's name with a big K yep. right in the middle. I absolutely did every every letter. <laughs> name was lowercase except for the k oh <laughs> zach granke what you gonna do now alex breckman gave the middle finger to the yankee crowd there's that there's the alex but- <laughs> let's go this that- has been the series i have been waiting for it's electric in the bronx absolutely electric fill this place up in october give me an alcs rematch <laughs> i am nothing back Nothing. Well, it's they tough. Ruined, they yeah. ruined the Yankees' shot at a World Series. Jose Altuve won the 2017 MVP over Aaron Judge. For what reason? Every offensive category was in Judge's favor except for batting average. Batting average is a meaningless stat. Sorry for the rant. Back to the NFL draft. Corey, I, I, I think Corey, tell me why I'm wrong. Chest. Tell me why I'm wrong choosing the Bears as, as the worst pick. Because you okay. tell me. With Dalton, Foles, and Fields, what are they going to do? Who's who's the odd man out? I mean, they got their franchise guy. Justin Fields, I had number two. 
He was like a 2A and Zach Wilson was 2B. They were very close. But I, I picked Fields over Wilson just because of his pure athleticism that you could develop a lot of things in the NFL. You cannot teach that speed. You cannot teach that arm power. Um, mostly the speed and just he, – he's a very good quarterback. He will be a very good quarterback. I said oh, – Zach Granke throwing oh, high on Judge. Get this bum out of here! <laughs> I, I really think Will needed to get this all off his chest, so I'm glad he's doing it. But um, back to back to Justin Fields. And I said when he fell past eight at the Panthers, because I expected the Panthers to take him, when he fell past them, I said no matter where he goes now, he's a steal. I also – Even though the Bears gave up. Yeah. You expected the Panthers? I expected the Panthers to take him, and I really wanted it to happen because I really wanted at the end of the draft for Sam Darnold and Justin Fields to be uh, a quarterback tandem in the National Football League (laughs) just on a different team. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, (laughs) just just a little side note. That would would have been funny. Corey, what's Um, interesting is the, the Panthers are doing what the Jets never did with Sam Darnold. Yeah, they're giving him... And an now opportunity. The Jets the same. <laughs> I guess that's all. Well, no, like they're building around him. Yeah, like, yeah, they are. They and are. now the Jets realized how the previous regime, Mike McCagden and crazy eye killer Adam Gase, failed the franchise. They never built yeah. around Sam Donald, and now they're building around Zach Wilson. But if I had to pick my biggest loser of the draft, I'm going to say is the Giants, but I'm going to say the biggest winner of the no, draft. No, I'll tell you, or you go ahead for a second. I think it's the Dallas Cowboys. I just I don't. Yeah, think so. Parsons was a huge Parsons, good pick. Yeah, now they have no. They didn't offense. get. Oh wait, no, they got Parsons. They didn't yeah. get Sertain. Yeah, they have a really good offense, as we all know, and they yeah. needed to fix up their defense. And I think it's a great pick. And I honestly they, thought, oh, Granky does not have it. Judge works a walk. Um, but I think it was. This is the NFL discussion section, and yes, also uh, pitch by pitch analysis from Will. But <laughs> yeah. Don't you know my social media pages over the past, you know, c- couple of days or so? I've been waiting for this series. I've been waiting for this series. Luckily, in October, we're already going back to normal. Thank God. Um, I want an ALS- ALC. I'm surprised you want to do the sports trio right during the middle of the Yankees-Astros game. <laughs> I needed to calm myself down because when I watch games and my girlfriend comes over, I'm, like, losing hair. So, like, I sit here and she, like, has to, like, rope my hands because I – I just I rip my hair out of my head every game I watch. Islanders, Jets, NASCAR, even it's causing around in a goddamn circle, and I can't keep my hands off my head. <laughs> um, anyway, let's get back to the NFL draft discussion. Micah Parsons to the Cowboys. Corey, what did you think of that? I uh, I I mean every single person, every single uh, every single time I looked at the draft, I thought Patrick Sertain. The second was the fit in Dallas. And I thought there was no doubt he would be there for them to pick. And I thought there was no doubt he'd pick them. So when Denver took it, certain, I I think Dallas was thrown off, but they did recover well. They <laughs> traded back, gained a third round pick, which was good. They also severely hurt the Giants in the process, um, but helped the Eagles a little bit. Parsons is great. He, he's a he's a top five talent in this draft, but he has some off the field issues. He has some character issues with hazing uh, throughout college. And if he gets that figured out, he's a steal at 12 even. But, you know, if I had to pick a winner of this draft, I don't know. See, I'm a Dolphins fan, and I actually have their draft a little bit lower than a lot of experts. Like, a lot of experts are really high on that draft. And I, I didn't like the Javon Holland pick, but he's growing on me. He could be 
a baby Minka Fitzpatrick and we had him in Miami. So to get him a version of him back is nice, but I don't know. I, I really like the Panthers draft. So I guess Sam Darnold will be a winner for the fact that he's got the job. Yep. And I really like uh, they got him Terrace Marshall Jr. They got him Brady Christensen to, to protect him. Tommy Tremble, Chova Hubbard, all really solid picks as well as Davion Nixon was a steal and JC Horn was possibly the best cornerback in the draft. I think they had a really good Carolina, like first five rounds. Yeah, I think they really had. So Carolina a, a gets round. Chubba Hubbard, even though they have uh, Christian McCaffrey, but they don't know yeah. the injury to McCaffrey. It could spell doom because he's running back. We don't know how, how much they recover. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because the Jets never did this with Sam Darnold. And now the mm. Jets have a plethora of wide receivers. And one of them has to go because Corey Davis is here. Uh, Jamison Crowder is here. Elijah Moore is here. Um, you can't play all of them. If I had to pick the Denzel Mims, out, Denzel Mims, correct. If I had to pick the man out, they're going to end up trading Jamison Crowder. That's just my gut feeling. Or um, cutting him, or straight up. And you could him get. Him I think you could get a fifth or sixth round pick for Crowder. I mean, he had a good season, possibly. Um, and he, he's also a slot wide receiver, and I think he's going. I think a reunion with Washington is not far fetched. Um, by the way, Washington. I don't know what they're doing. Um, Denver, another team. I don't know what they're doing either. Drew Locke, you're going to be set with. That's fine. I don't know if any, any of you guys saw the re, the guy reacting to them taking Patrick Sertan over uh, Mac Jones. Uh, it was pretty funny. Um, however, do you think Tampa Bay got their fu- their future quarterback in Kyle Trask? He's going to be the successor to Tom uh, Brady? That's, that's a really good question. Um, I don't mind Trask. He, he had a great year. And if you look past that last game where a lot of guys didn't play because it was a bowl game and yada, 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 Florida didn't give it their all because who knows why. But Kyle Trask, if you look past that, he had a really good season. And I think I, I was a fan of the Buccaneers potentially taking a quarterback this draft just because that team is so set at every other position. They could, or Any quarterback could potentially come in there and succeed. And Kyle Trask, you know, he was my fifth best quarterback. Didn't have him that far behind Mac Jones because he didn't have the talent Mac Jones had, although he had Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts wasn't a a monster that he should be in the NFL in college. I I like the pick. I don't know. They don't have many holes that they need to fill, so they can afford to take that uh, maybe a reach there. But even late second round, last pick in the second round, I don't mind the pick at all. Yeah, quite frankly, oh, sorry. sorry, I was going to say it gives Bill Belichick options, you know, I mean, because look, Mac Jones, yes, he was drafted high up in the draft because, but just because you're drafted high up doesn't mean that you're going to be a sure thing. Bases uh, loaded, nobody out for the Yankees. It's still the first inning. I, it's Clint Frazier. You oh, know oh. what, Will? How about you just turn around your camera and show everybody the TV and that will be the rest of the sports <laughs> trio for today. <laughs> we'll just talk NFL while the, while the game's on in the corner. We'll continue what you guys are saying. Yeah. Um, earlier you asked the winner. Wait, 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 real quick. Will, yeah, what's go your ahead. reaction going to be if Frazier hits a grand slam here? I may streak nude. No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. <laughs> don't watch the podcast on YouTube. Full disclaimer in the title. We don't no want any views on this one. There. Um, but you earlier you asked uh, winners and losers. I gave you my... One of my winners, I actually, I don't, yeah, I said Sam Darnold. I think there's a lot of teams that had good drafts here, but I'd say one loser of the draft, John Gruden, Mike Mayock. I mean, they cannot <laughs> draft a, for the no, life of them. No. Alex Leatherwood is a very bad pick. They're I not mean, going Chris, anywhere. No, they aren't. 
Christian, I mean, they got lucky that Trayvon Morig fell to them in the second round. He was a very good pick. But the rest of their draft, they took three safeties, two safeties after Morig. They, I mean, they took Alex Leatherwood over Christian Derrissaw, over other tackles. Tevin Jenkins is better than him. Sam Cosby may have been better. Uh, Liam Eikenberg, who went to the Dolphins, may have been better. He, he wasn't the pick there. And that's the third straight year that Gruden has reached on a guy in the first round. They reached on Kellen Farrell. They, they reached on Damon Arnett last year. They, they just can't draft. And it's ridiculous because Mayock was a draft analyst, and he cannot draft Gruden. The, the expert cannot draft for the life of them. And, and the Las Vegas Raiders will not Corey. succeed. No, not they going, won't. Because he's on, he's on this massive 10-year, $100 million contract. which was And when he signed that, I, I said, you know, whatever. He'll get them there in a few years. They're not there right now. He'll get them there. But, you know, he won't. Not with these draft picks. Derek Carr isn't even a bad quarterback. But these draft picks are not helping the team. Yeah, I, it's... Honestly, the Raiders are in such limbo. Uh, it's it's incredible. You know, you want to talk about a team that's in between being good and being bad, much like the Oakland Athletics uh, from the same, uh, formerly uh, the same area. But yeah, I actually there is uh, potentially a bigger loser of the draft, the Green Bay Packers. I mean, how do you not? I mean, I get they need cornerback help, but if you have any hope of getting Aaron Rodgers to stay after the report comes out that he wants out of the team. How do you not take a receiver there? I mean, it's, it's ridiculous what they're doing with that team and the lack of help that they've given Aaron Rodgers over the course of his career. No wonder he wants to leave. And that report paired with their picks, I don't think Eric Stokes was even a top three cornerback at that point. That hope, that, that report that Aaron Rodgers wants out paired with their picks, I mean, they, they lost this draft. And the Packers – they lost a huge opportunity to deal Aaron Rodgers because there were teams who were calling and were asking. I believe uh, were the Raiders among the teams who were calling and asking. Yeah. I, I bet the Giants were out there calling and asking, probably offering up Daniel Jones a couple of first-round picks. But, man, man, oh, man, I don't know the Packers yeah, general manager's uh, name off the top of my head, but he dropped the ball severely with this one. The player doesn't want to yeah. play anymore. And, and, and Aaron Rodgers came and, out and said he, he only – or I don't know – if he came out and said it, but there are reports that he only wants to play there if the GM's gone. So he definitely dropped the ball. Well, you know what it was? It was, look, there are not many players in sports who are more loyal to their fan base and their city than Aaron Rodgers is to the Green Bay Packers and and the state of Wisconsin, simply put. And by drafting Jordan Love a couple years ago, that is a huge slap in the face. That says, well, you know what? You were good for us. You helped us win a Super Bowl, but you know what? We're going to look in another direction. Fine. If you, feel, if you feel that way, if you feel like you need to go in a different direction, then why are you coming out and saying we're not going to trade Aaron Rodgers? Because he's too good. Because they realized, I mean, the love pick. And why are you drafting good. Jordan Love? And why aren't you drafting yeah, receivers it, that can help Aaron Rodgers win another championship? It isn't smart for a win-now team to draft a quarterback to develop, but that's what they did with Rodgers. I kind of get that, but in that situation, they needed a receiver alongside Devontae Adams, and it gets even worse when you look at their second-round pick, A.J. Dillon. I mean, he's a good running back, but they drafted him to be a backup. They just re-signed Aaron Jones for what? They overpaid a running back, which is not step one of being a, a bad move is overpaying a running back. Step two is the fact that you just made your second round pick from last year 
essentially replaceable by making him a backup. And you could have used one of those two picks at least to help out Aaron Rodgers. No wonder he wants out. I mean, well, it's just ridiculous. Thing. I spoke with, with, with Liam about this, about the Mets controlling, uh, the Mets players controlling their team. I think that every player, regardless of the league they play in, NASCAR even, for example, golf for another example, they want to run the show like you see in the NBA. When Kyrie Irving says, I don't want to play for Kenny Atkinson, I want Steve Nash, he's going to be my puppet. Whatever I say, whoever I want, I'm going to get. This is becoming the norm now in sports. Aaron Rodgers is like, I'm Aaron Rodgers. If I don't want to play here... I don't got to play here. If I don't want Devontae Adams here, he doesn't have to be here. This has become the norm now in sports. Now, is it right? No, absolutely not. The players should not be running the organization. But if you're Aaron Rodgers, you don't text your teammates, I'm not coming back. You don't control that. You don't control your future in Green Bay. You could request a trade. You just can't say I'm not coming back because you're still getting paid by the Packers. You're not seriously defending Aaron Rodgers here, uh, defending the Packers organization, are you? No, no, no. What I'm saying is that Aaron Rodgers, like, it's wrong of him to tell his teammates, I'm not coming back, and then go to Kentucky and watch the Derby with his Packers teammates. Well, if his teammates are that upset about it, then they have one person to thank, and that's the bonehead general manager who has made these decisions over the last couple of years. And I said it on my radio show last week. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to the teammates. It's embarrassing to the organization. It's embarrassing to the general managers. And look, say what you want about Aaron Rodgers. He's good enough to deserve to have the right to say this. Absolutely. The league doesn't run without the players. The owners are replaceable. Yeah. The league does not run without the players. That's why they should, they have the power they have and they, and it's rightful. And I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if this ends with the Packers general manager getting canned because if he gets canned, Aaron Rodgers plays (laughs) with the Packers again and everything, and everything is good. And well, before we end the show, I wanted to get your opinion on Tom Wilson. I don't know if you heard what happened. So what happened? I I saw Uh, Liam. I I know. I saw, I don't want to see that that again. (laughs) Liam, the guy that we spoke about earlier, I'm going to keep his name private. We both know who he is from the hockey fans. First chat on Facebook. He posted the Rangers statement, and Corey, here is the New York Rangers statement that they released about an hour ago. The New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that that Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended from his horrifying act of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these types of acts, and we find it shocking that the NHL and the Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate action and suspend him indefinitely. It goes on to say that they are now calling for the termination of the player of safety directors, George Paros's job. Um, the guy who we know is a Capitals fan put on Facebook, the picture of the statement. And he said, this is a first, I'm glad it's not my team doing stuff like this. Now every team is going to feel like they need to bitch and whine about suspensions. I guess, uh, Corey, what did you see? He's a repeat offender. You're a Bruins fan. And like I told Liam, one of these three teams, the Islanders. I just want to post this out. I did comment on that post and said, stop, please stop in one comment. And the second one, I said, it's embarrassing that you're posting this. Uh, Corey, let's remember that the Islanders, the Penguins, or the Bruins are going to face this jerk in round one or round two or however far either of these teams go. Is it a ban for life? Because – he almost killed a guy on. I mean, 
$5,000 for a guy making $5 million a year is $98 to him. $98. No, it's not $98. It's 66 by the way. And this was Tom Wilson in the penalty box flexing his muscles in the penalty box. Corey, That's- I mean, this... This is a repeat offender. So, like, what has like what has to be done to suspend this guy? Does, does someone have to die? I mean, I, I don't get it. I don't get how it's just a fine for that. You say suspension indefinitely. I don't know. That's on the table, but at least a suspension. It's ridiculous. You can't drive a man's head into the ice multiple times and then punch him and, and everything. Like, it, it's it, – I don't know how you can defend that. Like, how can you defend that? And even before this, even before legitimately power slamming his head into the ground, he slammed, he drove his head into the ground when he was already on the ground. So you, you can't defend that action. You cannot. And there's no reason he should be playing again. And he's helmetless. No less. He's helmetless. Yeah. And Aaron is helmetless. Yeah. If his head, it's funny. If his head makes something yeah, when continue, an continue. Islanders fan, it tells you something when an Islanders fan is defending the Rangers. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah. that's true. And there yeah, are multiple Islanders fans on Twitter and Devils fans and there Flyers should be fans. hockey fans everywhere. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a brutal action in this sport for the, it's a terrible look for the sport. So if, the NHL. if Panarin, I wonder if Panarin hits his head on the ice uh, and he cracks his head open on the ice and passes away on the ice, then what would it be? It, then it would probably be banned for life, right? And, and he's probably going to jail. And he's probably, yeah, well, <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. I mean, look at look at the only thing I can compare but to But my it point is, is that he was inches away from that being the result. And that's Miles, the point. Miles Garrett took a helmet and hit Mason Rudolph across the head and was suspended yeah. for indefinitely for the rest of the season and ended up coming back the next year. That, <laughs> that, that, this is, this is equal to that. I mean, it's... How how can the NHL go move on without even a suspension? I don't care how long it is. It should be multiple games for Honestly, sure. Honestly, how, how can you say that? I don't think you should play the rest of the playoffs. I mean, to be honest with you, because now you're going to put one of these teams at, at jeopardy. And now it, think about what it does to the Bruins, the Islanders, or the or the Penguins now. They can't say what they want about the situation because Tom Wilson's going to be mad and see a post written about him that, oh, Patrice Bergeron said this guy's a joke. Let me go body slam Bergeron to the ice now. Like, they, that's... This stuff can't happen. This is not a, a first-time offender. That He's done this before. Uh, I'm going to show you guys this video for those that are seeing it for the first time at home. We spoke about Lumavir Visnovsky's hit against Tom Wilson. You're going to see it in fast motion. You're going to see it in slow motion because what else has to happen? Remember, this was the beginning of Tom Wilson's career, everybody. The beginning of Tom Wilson's career, he pulled this stunt against the Islanders in the playoffs that ended this guy's career. And six years later, he's still pulling the same bullshit. Watch. Pierre Maguire is uh, very wrong when he said he did not leave his feet. Look at the replay. He clearly left his feet. That ended his career. That ended his career. And I was an Islander fan, and you can only imagine. I'm screaming at the TV. I'm giving the guy the finger through the goddamn TV. 
It's a repeat offender. This has to stop. And that that's nowhere near the level of what he did to Artemi Panarin either. And as as terrible as that was, I mean, uh, you that's at least a, a somewhat of a hockey play. Well, he did he did that after the whistle to Artemi Panarin. He yep. first like basically just drove his head into the ground, punched him, and then when he got back up to confront him, he did the next thing. And, and you know what? Awful. And you know what? I said this earlier in the podcast. When you're having a fight with somebody or when you're in a scrum with somebody playing the game of hockey, there is a mutual, even though that you're mad at the other person and you want to beat the living hell out of the other person, there is a mutual understanding that when things go to the ice, I am going to protect you. We are going to protect one another because we do not want to cause serious damage. Tom Wilson does not have that in his brain. And that's why it's never going to change. And if it's never going to change, get him out of the league. The perfect example I have for that is Daniel Chara and Matt Martin. Uh, Chara has left the Boston Bruins and plays for Washington Capitals now. And recently they've had a history of fighting, which why would anybody want to fight Chara? That's beside the point. So Matt Martin and Chara, they have uh, multiple fights on multiple occasions this season. And let's just say the bigger man won the fight, all of them. Um, And when Matt Martin was falling to the ice, Zedano Chara fell first and made sure Martin's head hit Chara's pants. So he didn't hit his head on the ice. That even though they don't like each other, they understand that injury is not what you want to see. And at the end of the fight, both of them tap each other on the back saying, yeah, nice job. Glad you're okay. And they go to the penalty box and then everything. That's, that's, that's why hockey fights work. You have this mutual respect. As Liam said, you have this understanding that it's going to be a clean, relatively clean fight. You drop the gloves, you circle around each other a little bit, you throw a few punches and one guy wins, one guy loses. Then the refs come in when it goes to the ice, the refs come in. And when, what Tom Wilson did is the exact opposite of that. And I've never seen hockey refs rush to a player as fast to break up a fight as that, because it's, it's not supposed to be a fight on the ice. And it's, he threw it's him disgusting. Down to the ground and then sucker punched him when he was. Up yeah. There. He kept going after that. Like who in the right mind after potentially, maybe it was just a moment of anger. And then you kind of come to a realization that what you just did was a horrible thing, but no, he continued to punch him. And he's continued to do this over and over again throughout his entire career. Like, if I'm like the Islanders, we have two fighters on our team. Fuck it, like forget our ten goal rookie in the in the playoffs against these uh, against this bum. Play the goddamn fighter. Like whenever he's on the ice, you put this guy on the ice because I'm di- I'm tired of it. Like I don't need my best player Matthew Barzell getting ran over by the Tom Wilson because oh by the way, the head of player safety George Faros was a dirty player himself. So why don't we start by not making dirty players in charge of player safety? Like, I mean, come on. Like, that's just common sense. Anyway, I could go on for hours about this. Uh, That'll wrap up this show. Very entertaining show. Uh, Will Pesek, Corey Picard, Liam Godimer. Corey and I have a sports media club now podcast in about two hours or so. Hope it's not long. Uh... I'm exhausted today, but they tend to go a bit longer than these ones. So I mean, Um, it's a bigger group, but yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. Um, Three, one Yankees over the Houston Astros. Um, (laughs) Getting your last update in there. Got it. Shout out Jalen Waddle, Jalen Phillips, uh, Javon Holland, Liam Eikenberg, Hunter Long, and the entire Dolphins draft class. Hopefully they can. uh, Let me just say. 
Rugen Odor playing for the Yankees today. He's in there for one reason only. He's got a quick right if anything is out of control. Just ask Jose <laughs> Bautista how it worked out. I that guy, dude. Don't even. No, he's guy. been. He's been. Corey, did you see the video I made for Rudin Odor? Like the song. Yes, I, made? I did, and it, it's. I he's one of my least favorite MLB players. <laughs> I love how I love how you sang over it, Will. That was your impression of Big E. <laughs> Listen, I. I'm not very it's good. A, it's a terrible impression. of I'm not very good with it. It is terrible, but it's terribly entertaining. First of Maybe all, next can't... week on the sports trio, I'll play it for you guys. Actually, oh, you know what? You know what? Hold the, on. No, it could be the intro. It could be the intro. <laughs> Look, be let the me intro. see if I can find it because I, I know... have it. I have it if you want me to play it. Perfect. Oh, oh my hold God. on. Hold on. While you're waiting, I'll just uh I'll just mention how <laughs> terrible Rugnado Dory is as a baseball player. Well, he's uh, up right <laughs> now against Zach Ranky. If Listen, I'm I only like – Here is the video. Sean, just uh... – Rugi, 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 can't you see? Sometimes all your hips can hypnotize me. And I just love your flashy ways. Root that on door for MVP. Yeah, no, we don't need to know, play that on loops. His hits have to his hits have to hypnotize you because they come so rarely. <laughs> yes, that's it. But he's he's been look, I'm not gonna trigger any Met fans, but he's played less games. He has more home runs. Stop, stop. More stop. stop. I will hitting, leave this meeting right now. I'm in charge hitting, of recording this. He's so. hitting 169, and that's better than he hit last year. Lindor's hitting what, 167? I will not have this comparison. That's it for this episode of the Sensational Sports Trio. Liam Goddard, Will Patrick, Corey Picard, enough of this blasphemy. Rufnet Odor will not be in the league for half of Francisco Lindor's $10 million, 10-year, $341 million contract. Well, you got me all riled up. I hope that Francisco Lindor goes four for four tonight and shoves it right in your face. And I believe Rufnet Odor, what, did he pop out? Nope, still in a 2-2 count. So we'll see what he ends up doing, but... Uh, any final thoughts from you guys that does not say that <laughs> I, I think, Odor is better than Lindor? I think that was perfect. I had a Didi Gregorius jersey before he left, and now that the Yankees have no numbers on it, I am proud oh, to gosh. say I have a Rufnet Odor jersey. Oh, I'm pretty man. sure Will is the only oh. person that has a Rufnet Will, Odor jersey. Will, Will, you love Didi Gregorius, and you just compared him to Rufnet Odor. That's no. so disrespectful. <laughs> How could you do that? We'll be back next week. <laughs> Didi, Gregorius, Didi Gregorius will always be, Derek Jeter aside, Andy Pettit aside, he will always be my favorite Yankee of all time. Uh, it pains me that he's in Philadelphia, but. Mm. And, and speaking of that, Will, Mike Talkman. <laughs> bro, <laughs> bro. And Ruth that Odor has just struck out looking, by the way. So oh, did you guys uh-huh. see Mike Talkman's stats since becoming a starter in San Francisco? You can play. I feel so bad for, for, for yelling at him on the first ever show I did with Mike Talkman in existence. Good for Mikey T. He deserves every bit of it. Uh, that'll wrap up this week's show. Will Pester, Corey Picard, Liam Godimer. Until next time on the Sports Trio.